presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Bardic College Presents, another episode of Hellfire Nights. This uh, I'm Raz, and I'm your storyteller for Vampire the Masquerade, and we are joined tonight by the boys. It's a boys' night, and we're going to Whitechapel in London. Uh, Dr. Jackal and our beloved Ashenbrenner have decided after meeting with, with one of the most ancient, or actually the most ancient vampire on the British Isles, uh, a woman by the name of Morgaze or Morgase, uh, to go into the Whitechapel district because what you do after you meet an ancient crazy vampire is go ahead and party. So yeah, the boys have decided to, yeah, it's, it's just mandatory. It's in the book. Look it up. Yeah. So the boys have decided to make their way into the Whitechapel district. That's where we kind of left them last time. And they are on a mission to do a little reconnaissance and also potentially have a little bit of fun. So let's see where we're at with them. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Welcome to the game again. And uh, we'll start with you getting out of the coach. Uh, you're in the middle of the Whitechapel district, not far from the Limehouse, which is a very, very famous area that was um, a lot of immigrants from China and the Orient uh, from that part of Asia uh, moved into. So that's where you're at. Now, Kush uh, was driving the, the coach, right? Kush was driving the coach for you. Yes. Okay. So I think the, the first thing that Horatio would do is, Kush, my good man, I, uh, did you want to come along on these particular festivities? I know that promise was made to you, or do you have other things you would like to do today? Well, Kush would normally like to join you and your friend, but unfortunately I must get this coach back. It's not mine. Oh, yes, well, I try to um, put a piece of cloth over the hole in the bench, I suppose. But uh, th thank you for the ride, Kush, and I'm sure I will see you again soon. Aren't you going to say goodbye to Marie? I get a very confused look on my face, and then I wave at the empty spot next to Kush on the bench. Goodbye, Marie. Lovely to see you again. Don't be an ass. It's the horse. Oh, of course, of course, and I'll pet the horse. <laughs> I'll go up to the horse and, and kind of uh, whisper something surreptitiously in the horse's ear and then look back at Cush and shake my head at the horse. Shake your head how? Like he's a good guy or shake your head like don't trust him? Kind of kind of just like, what are you going to do? Cush is going to Cush. Oh, that makes the horse nervous because it's Cush. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the horse <laughs> starts to, he's like, don't wind her up. The night's young. <laughs> so he gives a crack of the whip. The horse begins to pivot and it makes its way out of the district back the way it came. Oh, thank goodness. Kush decided not to join us. I, I was being polite, but sometimes people don't pick up on those cues. Again, just heartbroken. He's heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, he's off in the distance when I say that. Oh, I know. But I mean, he's still heartbroken because yeah. uh, he picked up on the cue. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> it's, uh, it's after midnight. You have actually it's about one a.m. It's about one a.m. and the city is there is still movement in this district. You do have uh, quite a bit of evening entertainment that runs. The follies have pretty much started to close up for the for the night. Some of the 
you know, the, the Penny Follies and stuff like that and the vaudeville shows. But there are a few that still run till about three in the morning. And those are usually the bawdiest, um, the ones that are done in secret and kind of in basements and things where the good church going folk of London would never know they existed. So you have the whole quarter to yourself uh, at this point. Is there a certain, are you looking for a particular type of person, an alleyway, some, somewhere to do studies? What are you, what is your intentions? Well, the doctor was looking to collect some more blood samples, correct? Yes. Uh, so he will turn to Ashenbrenner. and Ashenbrenner. Um, I know how I normally go about collecting samples for my research, but, well, you have piqued my curiosity. Uh, how would somebody in your position uh, go about acquiring their sustenance? Doctor, I would be honored to share my process with you. Right. I, I, I promise I shall not take physical notes. They shall be mental only for the sake of discretion. No, no, please. Take as many notes in as many forms as you would like. Why don't we go about this in the following manner? You point out a potential subject, and I will convince them into aiding our noble pursuit. Oh, okay. And well, uh, one one thing I did uh, have some curiosity on, because it is somewhat relevant to my research, diseases in the human blood, how do they affect your kind? I don't know, Keeper. I don't, I, I think like if it's vampires, it's like tainted. It's kind of like drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon as opposed to like, <laughs> like draft yeah. beer. Yeah. Well, uh, that sponsorship, Paul. <laughs> I was just about to close it with Pabst. Um, so the vampires don't, in a necessity, it's still it's still sustaining, but they can pass disease on. So a oh, vampire, okay. yeah, a vampire could pass a disease to a a non human biting them. Like if you were doing some from this person and some from that person, your fangs, your mouth, you could pass the disease on. It's literally <laughs> using you, hypodermic needles. Yeah, but okay. for you yourself, you can survive on it. It's just not pleasant. Okay. Well, my good doctor, <clears throat> I can pass on something from one source to another, but uh, our kind are usually left um, unsatisfied but unharmed. Hmm. Yes, well, that's uh, interesting information. I was hoping to collect some specimens from a more obviously palsied individual uh, afflicted with some terrible disease that the unfortunates are prone to getting but i don't want to uh endanger anybody uh, let's say in ms wolf's basement on a future feeding uh, so let us uh, look for somebody who looks like they shan't be missed well my good man i am full up and feeling rather sanguine so there are other methods through which to obtain liquids. Oh, I am, I am yeah. well versed in a few of those myself. You know, just uh... Uh, not like this, Doctor. Please. Oh well, do, do lead on. Okay, so I guess we'll walk, and then um, I'll I'll kind of uh, I guess we'll kind of scout out for any uh, any palsied uh, individuals. <laughs> well, that's we'll take a I little bit of time. Pal but yeah, palsied was the wrong word. Um, like enfeebled. Not like obviously 
got some unpleasant medical conditions going on. Um, for anybody unfamiliar with the terminology, the unfortunate is uh, street slang for a lady of the night during the Victorian era. That's correct. Okay. So you're looking for an unfortunate. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Hopefully a redhead. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Why not? So yeah. perception, uh, I'll need perception checks from both of you. And if you have auspex, you automatically get a certain level of successes. So we're looking for perception and streetwise. Okay, so I have a two in auspex. Um, mm -hmm. I rolled four die. I, sh I should have rolled two dice because I have four in perception, but two in auspex, mm -hmm. right? And what about streetwise? I have none streetwise. Okay, so you're four. Yep, so four, uh, but, two, you, uh, so but you only rolled two, two Paul, because you already have two successes. Gotcha. Okay, let me roll those. I got two successes. No critical fails. Ooh, double sevens. Nice. So, yeah, in about 15, 20 minutes, you find, you know, you run into a long a street lane full filled with uh, women, uh, several different nationalities, probably about a dozen or so that are hanging around mostly underneath two different street lamps from across the street. So you have one on the, the northern side of the street and on the southern side you have so like seven and five or whatever. And they they are just they're keeping close to the light. There is a slight fog, you know, around the area. It's the you know it's it's Whitechapel. It's that kind of a of a district. Yeah. But the ladies are are all there together, gathered around. And uh you know you've there is a redhead, what appears to be a pretty natural-looking redhead from your distance as you're approaching, under the lamp with the seven women on the north side. All right, so I guess I will just kind of uh, elbow the doctor and, and indicate, uh, you know, do any one of them meet your uh, criteria, doctor? Uh, do I do I see anybody who looks like she has some, I don't know, sores or lesions going on? Uh, in this one, in the group of seven, uh, from as you make your way, I, I assume you're slowly walking like gentlemen would talking, right? Casual. Yeah. Very casual, yes. Yeah. So in the group of seven right here, this these seem to be very well cared for, or at least by appearance, they are in good shape. Uh, the, Can I take the a closer look or a smell, or is there something that would kind of give off a sense of like, oh, you're rotting from the inside? Yeah. Th so... Anyone, I would say, over 22 or 23 could have that situation, and several of these girls are. So why don't you go ahead and make me just another perception, uh, and with your auspics of two already encased, okay. just go ahead and roll the dice two more times. All right. Two more Five and a six, so one success. Well, so you have three total. Um, yeah, three successes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. So you're all right. Um, one, of the, one of the young women, probably about 26, one of the older ones, she's blonde. Uh, she's got a slightly harder accent as she, you hear them talking to the girls and she has um, like, not going to say a consumption cough because they obviously wouldn't even be standing next to her, but she has a rasping <clears throat> every once in a while. She clears her throat. Like if she was a smoker after years of smoking, you get that <clears throat> where you're, you know, you're setting your, 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 the mucus down again. She has something like that going on a slight rasp. Um, and yes, she is. She appears to have some, some ailments. Okay, cool. All right, so I will kind of uh, nonchalantly point out her to uh, the doctor. All right. Raise my eyebrows. You know, is this good? Yes, uh, quite. I, I think we should be able to get some good data from her. Wonderful. 
Right, so I will kind of, uh, you know, dust myself off, get any obvious grave dirt off my my feet, um, right. and sort of saunter up and and you know, bow deeply to this lady, and um, Madam, might my friend and I have a moment of your time, or three? Now wiggle my eyebrows. She looks at the two of you. She's like, "Well, the size of the two of you, girl, have to all over a fight." If you want to have any kind of conversations with me, Ducky, you're going to have to just step over by that door over there and talk to Vince. I'll bow and then walk over up to the uh, up to Vince. So some of the girls start to laugh when she makes a comment on the, the good doctor's shoe size. Um, and, uh, you know, you should see the size of my hands. Socks. <laughs> <laughs> my socks. They have to fit in my shoe. Uh, so, yeah. The uh, but there's there there's definitely some j- jibing and uh, you you overhear a comment or two about you know the two of them together are you know gonna s- send you down to you know downstairs for a week and uh, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of sexual innuendo about her ability to uh, be with two gentlemen of, of of your particular stature. But there is a guy standing there. He's got the the typical uh, Pembroke hat on, kind of definitely a tough mid thirties, seen a hard life, scarred up face standing in the door. But you know, he's not harassing the girls. He's just keeping an eye on them. And uh, he sees you approach Ash and Brenner and he, what can I do for you? Well, quite frankly, my friend, you can't do anything uh, except facilitate a quick discussion between that lady. And I'll point over um, and my friend and I, he looks at the two of you and he's like, huh, you don't want to maybe think about another one? Just you want the one girl for the two of you, gentlemen? Well, my good man, one of us likes to um, watch. And I'll kind of lean in. He's like, huh, well, still counts as two. Uh, Absolutely. And I'll, I'll reach in and, uh, you know, pull out a some sort of currency. Yeah. He get uh, 20, you know, 15 shillings, uh, which is, you know, a decent amount for, I just doesn't know how long you're going to be, but he starts with the 15 shillings. He's like, are you going to need a room? Or is this a, is this a tap on the wall? Absolutely a tap on the wall. Hmm. All right, then 15 shillings is fine. We, uh, go ahead. He went, he touches his nose twice. She starts to, to giggle and, Takes a couple steps forward. She goes, now, where are you two going to take a, a sweetheart like me? Oh, only into the finest, dark, smelly alley that we can find. Oh, knock a girl right off her feet, you would. She's like, ladies, I'll be back. Somebody get a cushion for me ass. And they, she starts walking down the street with you. I'll, I'll hold my arm out for her to take. Vince is keeping an eye, you know, as... She tries not to go too far. If you if you stray too many streets over, she's definitely going to try to pull back. Uh, she's, you know, they're all, it's still an unsafe business. It's the most dangerous profession in London at the time. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, women turned up, uh, you know, in various states of, of from beating to hair. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So she, she goes about two or three streets. You do enter an alleyway. Both of you go ahead and make me another perception roll, please. Okay, that's exactly what I was about to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Uh, zero. Okay. Ooh, a nine and a one. Oh, so I guess that's just okay. So uh, still two successes. That's right, two successes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Ashenbrenner, she walks into the alleyway with you, and she starts, you know, touching and patting Doctor Jackal, and she reaches down and gives a pat, you know, the good shake to a, the center of his scratch, trying to <laughs> trying to get a measure of the man. Oh, oh no, no worry to no need to worry about that, my dear. You see, I I am just uh, observing this evening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're the eyeballs. So she turns and puts her arms around Ashenbrenner. But Ashenbrenner, you're looking at the wall. On the brick, at first, you thought it was just a hobo symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, it begins to seem like it could be alchemical. Oh, boy. You know, my dear, I'm sorry. This, this, mm, the atmosphere is just, uh, I don't know. It's not conducive to true romance. Um, we don't have to move further away. I don't want to make you feel insecure at all. Um, perhaps uh, another location. Well, I mean, we can head back. A li- she starts to seem a little nervous. Like, why isn't this okay? Like, this is one of my usual spots. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll hold out another two shillings. A relocation fee. Well, have a girl use her legs now. They're going to be wobbly in a bit. Come on, you two. So she's makes the wobble comment and the joke and takes you out of this alleyway and she crosses the street. So she doesn't do so, too much further of a distance. Yeah. She crosses, but she crosses streets into the next alley. Okay. Uh, you know, across so the way. I'll also take note of the symbol. Um, does it does it seem any? Does it seem like anything that I remember from the map? They look similar in art design. Hmm. It definitely has a feeling of some sort of, you know, of, of symbol. Like, like if, if you didn't know any better, it just looked like chalk drawings on the wall. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the, the thieves of London, their, their gangs used to mark territories and things with a symbol to say, okay, this is a Peaky Binders. This is the, you know, the Grey Boys. This is whatever. Yeah. And they would, they would kind of mark houses that were safe or not safe where, where you could duck in from the cops. Uh, quick aggresses from an area, the symbol appears to be alchemical to you. Like you look at it, it's got the flaring corners, the dots, the, it looks too complex to just be a symbol for a gang. Okay. Well, as we're leaving, I guess I'll take a, if I can, a little, a little closer look. Um, Is there, I don't know, some sort of an entrance or does, or something that might be hidden or does this seem to just be a marking of just a marking? It's a, it, it, you don't see any secret passages. I mean, your auspex is always clicking with a two. Yeah. Normally, if it's just something that's a, a basic check, no big deal. Um, you don't see anything that indicates it. There's, there is a grate uh, to, uh, you know, a sewer entrance, but it's a very heavy piece of steel. Like a human would have a hard time moving it. So it's like a manhole cover. It's a big, big one. It down, you know, a little bit further in the alley. So you're probably thinking that's not the way they would escape. But the wall to the back of the alley, as you look down, is pretty low. It and it, it bustles up to another business, and so it, like someone can scurry that quickly. So it could just be an escape route. Gotcha. Okay, um, Doctor, why don't you ask our new friend her name and tell her a little about yourself? Um, I'm gonna once they're you know a little distracted, I'm gonna see if I can get the map out, see if anything. If there's anything like if this area or if this particular location is marked or something like that. 
okay, so you want to take a few minutes and scurry around the the, the surrounding buildings on the same side you found the mark or on the new I'm gonna, side? I'm going to start chatting her up first, though, before he... Exactly, yeah. So I, I don't actually want to look at anything. Yeah, I just kind of want to, uh, you know, while, while they're walking ahead, I want to lag behind a little bit and just take a quick look at the map. I don't want to do any exploring. Like, we're here, we're here for the lady right now. When that's done, definitely exploring. Yes, my dear. What is your name? That's incredibly rude of me. I've I plumb forgot to ask. Oh, it's Stacy. He's such a gentleman, especially Stacey. for someone who's just going to watch. Does it really matter? It could be Wendy if you like. I know a Wendy. Oh, no, Stacy is a lovely, lovely name. That is a, a fine name. And I feel that for my companion, uh, it's ultimately a formality. But uh, Stacy is a lovely name, my dear. Oh, I, uh, I, my name is uh, Doctor Cross, as uh, as my companion mentioned by referring to me as a doctor. Doctor Cross would be my name, and you uh, mean like it, like a cross is in church, uh, just like that, my dear. And uh, that is part of why uh, I have tagged along this evening, not through any mischief of my own, but to study the rituals that go on amongst. Uh, the folk of your profession in an attempt to better understand how I may care for them. Don't, don't go on and on, Ducky. It's very fine. I got three vicars that like to sit there. One wants me dressing up like a novice and the other two just like a good spanking. So don't worry about it. I understand. <laughs> quite, quite. No judgment here. I'm going to hear that in the back of my head and just remember to mention that to Maurice next time I see him. I'm going to snicker a little bit. <laughs> 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 so she says um oi are we up for this or what i thought we were having a party oh, oh just a moment indeed, dear indeed, yes my dear uh, you know sometimes gentlemen uh, need a moment or two to prepare themselves <laughs> oh, yeah if they're dead here you go <laughs> so that's, a little, <laughs> that's a moment of foreshadowing um you so Paul uh, Ashmer, you're just looking at the map really quick. You said right? Yeah, you like you know letting them walk ahead a little bit to the next destination, checking the map to see are we on a street that's marked on the map? Is that sigil sigil specifically on the map? Just something to see if it's something I should keep in the back of my head or maybe a little further up in my head. Give me, um, go ahead and give me an intelligence and occult roll if you have any in occult. Uh, oh, wonderful! Seven six nine, excellent. So you got three successes. Yeah. The sigil doesn't appear on the map, but it was on the golem. Oh, interesting. Okay. And that those were sort of wards of protection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, all right. All right. Uh, my, my guard is, is a little less... Uh, I'm a little less worried now. Okay. Okay. So I guess uh, once we reach the... Uh, I'll stow the map and, and catch back up with them. Okay. So you're able to stow the map and you walk over and... Stacy's there and she, you know, she sees you come, o- come over and she's like, all right, so let's get out that wish list. Okay. So before anything happens, I'm going to take a, a pretty deep look at this just to make sure she didn't lead us to another sigil. Okay. In this, you do not see uh, any sigils here uh, at first glance, but you can go ahead and give, you have a two success on automatically. Let's see if you get to three. Roll two more dice. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, one success, so three successes. Okay. So you're looking and you see there's a there's a window on the second floor of this building, and as you look up in on the window, you see that symbol. A like, I don't want to say it's a statue. Something in the window, like a small piece of paned glass, or like a, you, you know, people that put like wind catchers and things in their windows, something like that. But it was made out of of glass. A similar symbol adorns the window, a floor up from in this building. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So you're <sighs> you're putting together. In, you know, your character is starting to sense that you you know that Whitechapel is Tevi's area. Sure. You, I'm just trying to determine, is she leading us into some sort of a trap or is this... You, you, know? you think she's oblivious. Okay. She, there's nothing in her, in her mannerisms. There's nothing, you know, you don't... What this looks like is a zone that, you know, Tevi's mages have either warded or protected or done something to. That's the feeling you're getting. She seems very, when you look at her, her you can even read her aura, Paul. If you okay. wanted Ashton Brenner to read her aura, her aura is totally just, it's all business. You know, I want to get these Japs done because I'm going, I need to, you know, I'd like to have a smoke and a, sa- you know, and a little bit of, little sandwich or something. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. Um, wonderful. I will also take note of that location as well. Okay. Yeah. Directly across the street in a separate alleyway. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, and no, no other looky lose or anything like that. We have some privacy. Uh, yeah, the window upstairs has a, a faint light coming probably from an adjacent room that's just sort of bleeding out. Uh, but there doesn't, like, if there's anybody in that room, they're only lit with, like, a bare small candle. So you assume that it's fairly, as long as you're not screaming at the top of your lungs, every, you know, you should be fine. Everything should be okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, all right. So what I'd, what I'd like to try and do is just sort of mellow her out so the doctor can take some blood. So All I right. don't know what the actual, like, if that would be, uh, I only have a one presence. That should, that presence with one is enough to get people a, an emotional state. Uh, like you could fear them. I'm sorry, no, I have a two of presence. Up. Never mind, I got a two of presence. All right, wonderful. Oh, then you, yeah, then you can go ahead and, and convince or subdue her uh, enough where she feels safe in your control. Okay. All right. So yeah, I'm basically going to try and kind of hypnotize her. Just kind of, you know, lulling, you know, somnambulant, just kind of, all right, you know, everything is totally fine. And then I'll, I'll symbol, I'll, I'll signal the doctor and, uh, you know, kind of hit my pulse and just, just kind of, so he gets the, uh, you know, so I've given him the okay to, uh, to draw some blood. Yeah. Let me just go ahead and make a save, a roll for her. All right. So yeah, she starts to, she is, it appears that you have a, a very white quality to your voice. You know, you, nice. It's a, baby. Yeah, you get. And, yeah, can't get enough of your love. <laughs> and uh, you're not quite. To, you, you know, I'm going to say you're just beyond Lou Rawls, but not. Yeah, in between Lou Rawls and Barry White, that's so, a great place to be. I'm happy there. <laughs> and uh, she is swooning. She's like swooning in your hands. She's her eyes are locked into your eyes. You're giving her that 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 famous. You know, Bella Lugosi, I got you. Nothing's going to happen to you. Nice. And uh, you just keep talking and, and stroking the side of her face. And, you know, Dr. Jackal, you can go ahead and you get your blood sample. Yeah. So the, the doctor will take a, a dirty rag out of his uh, medicine kit and wipe off some of area of her arm. Uh-huh. And because, you know, they didn't use alcohol swabs back then. Dirty rag still probably was cleaner than whatever she had going on. 
Um, and then he'll just, he'll take out a syringe and, uh, get a vial or two of blood and cork it all up and put everything back in its place. Okay. Yeah. She, she gives an ouch, but she's still, she's still kind of like mesmerized while this is going on. Well, he's able, the, the role I made wasn't strong enough. So he's able, pain breaks the, the chance for a moment, but he's quickly, you know, Back with I'm on top of it, yeah. Yeah, he exactly. he's got her in a state where she's you know, she's at a loss. Um so yeah, you're you're able to get the two vials of blood and put them in the bag or whatever your medical medical bag or whatever, and you're fine. Okay, interesting. Um so yeah, very, very good, Ashenbrenner. That's uh, much more effective than what I usually end up having to do, which you know, you if we're doing show and tell, I can of course uh indulge. So as as uh, as the doctor, I'm sorry, as uh, Stacy is kind of coming out of it, I'll turn to the doctor and say, I know one would not associate me with the word subtlety, but I am multifaceted, my good man. And I'll kind of br- gently bring Stacy out of this and like put those extra two shillings into her hand um, and uh, just, you know, puff out my cheeks and, and you know, Stacy... If my wife were an eighth of the artist you are, I would be dead on my feet. Oh, oh you're going to make me uh, come over all faint. Uh, well, listen, I mean, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for a while, but there are nights I'm still surprised. Ooh, I'm not sure what to say, gentlemen, if, but... You, sir, and she slaps you on the chest, Ashenbrenner, kind of. <laughs> She's like, next time you come around, I'm going to put one up on the bench over there and let you have a a quick shag for free. <laughs> I can't wait. One one quick question, Stacy, before we take our leave. Are you familiar with a man named Tevi or, or Tevi, a bit of a religious fellow? I, that old geezer. Yeah, I know who he is. He's around. Comes in all the time. Uh, him and his... He has a group of real religious types that, you know, sit there and spout off on us how it's wrong and women shouldn't use their bodies for profit. Let me tell you something. If you're built like this, you make money off of it. And how. Well, thank you again, Stacy, so much. Uh, just one last thing. You wouldn't happen to know if um, this man, uh, Tevi, Tevi, I think it was, yes, uh, has a, uh, a hangout or any sort of a place where he spends his time in the evenings. Um, Vinny might know ex- uh, exactly. I know that, you know, some of those boys from, from the Far East or wherever they're from, they make their home in... I don't even know anymore what the name of it is. They come from all other parts, but they follow him on, on Saturdays and things. Vinny may know. He, he may have an idea where they can be found because I mostly stay close to, you know, close to the shop. Of course. Well, Stacy, again, thank you so much for an unforgettable evening. Oh, she starts to smile and, you know, walks out. She's She keeps touching different parts of her of her dress and attire, wondering which one's out of place and she can't figure it out. So I she's will, a little bit confused. I will tip my hat. Good evening, Miss Stacy. 
and he just looks at you like she hoped you got a better eyeful because she can't remember a goddamn thing. So she said, she's like, that was either the best or worst shag I've ever had. And I'm not sure exactly what the hell happened, but yes, she's, uh, she's walking her way down the street, uh, and makes, you know, you see her enter one light and keep going, uh, and toward back towards the, the brothel that, you know, she works at. Okay. So I guess uh, I'll sort of stop by, uh, go back to Vinny. So you follow her at a, at a couple paces back? A couple paces, yeah. Non-threatening, yep. yeah. Yeah. So the fog is starting to get a little thicker at this time of night. It's, you know, it's getting a little bit later. It's closer to one thirty. There is a small, uh, there is some light from, a, you know, a moon that's on its waning. It's beginning to wane now because the three days ago it was, you know, at a certain peak when the whole map started to become relevant three or four nights ago. So it's definitely starting to change phase a little bit towards the smaller sizes uh, of a waning moon. And uh, you get up to Vinny and he's looking at you and he looks at her and, you know, he's like, well, you must be, you must be a gentleman. Uh, her hair's not even a, in a trawler here. What the, well, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, gentlemen, if you've been, tr- if you treated Stacy that nice, you're always welcome to come back. I'll even give you a slight discount. I am a man of my word, Vince. And now a quick question. Stacy, the lady in question, mentioned uh, a man named Tevi and that you might happen to know whereabouts he spends his evenings. Is that is that true? And then I'll kind of I'll hold up a, a few shillings. Just says, as reach. Um, well, I mean, I, I know that uh, Tevi was... Uh, now he's known in these parts, him and his his lads, and the family's fairly well off. Um, he has uh, one place down in Longborough, uh, which <clears throat> if you go this way towards the water, the wharf, you'll go down a small hill uh, about, I don't know, 4th Street, 5th Street. If you make a left, you'll come across uh, a fairly decent-sized building. Uh, I know he owns that, and several of the businesses around that building. Uh, he's a fairly well-to-do gentleman. Surprised he actually lives in this district, considering all the money that he claims to have. Hmm. All right, Vince, thank you so, so much. I'll, I'll give him the, uh, the the few shillings I was holding. And I guess I uh, kind of walk off. Uh, doctor, do you require more subjects or uh, can we embark upon my own oh. science project? Ashenbrenner, if you have, uh, I, I thought we were having a night of gaiety, but if you have a uh, more serious matter that you feel we should attend to, please. Uh, there is also, of course, the subject of what we are going to do with the information that we received earlier this evening that we still need to discuss. Mm, yes. Um, but yes, I, I feel that um, if we were to go and investigate uh, the good rabbi's usual regularly frequented areas i may end up with the samples that i need one way or the other excellent uh i say we combine business and pleasure and do just that doctor quite quite and uh keeper i i would like to um palm a scalpel just kind of reach into my bag and just yep like slide a hand it in there so that if, you know, I'm just talking to somebody, it's not obvious that I have it, but if I need it, it's a quick retrieve. Yep. I saw that. No problem. And you're also carrying your pistol in your coat pocket somewhere, right? Oh yeah. The, the pistol is in the, uh, the jacket pocket. Yep. 
No worries. That sounds like a plan. Ashenbrenner, if you are curious about Tevi's lodgings, do not forget that I uh, actually have been inside his house. Uh, I, I don't have a good layout of it, but I at least know the address. Doctor, as much as I would love to visit Tevi at home, uh, what I am is not the only exception out there. And going to Tevi's home, I might find myself overwhelmed. The two of us might find ourselves overwhelmed. Oh, I was not referring to actually breaking into Tevi's house so much as uh, I think I know where you are going with your line of inquiry. And if we wanted to send some sort of a message instead of putting it in a more obscure area that can be more easily written off as coincidence if we wanted to leave our note shall we say uh, an alley or two over from uh, the good rabbi's abode that is something that we could accomplish i will i will pump the doctor's hand excellent idea doctor excellent so yeah, should we, do you want to head to i I'm sorry, it obviously, it could not have been Longbottom Street. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Longborough. Longborough. Okay. So sort of, you know, serpentine our way through, keep an eye out, make sure. I'm also going to try and keep an eye out for those uh, sigils. And being, being known to Tevi as I am, um, I would like to, I don't know if this is how I can use Obfuscate because there's not much of a crowd out right now, I think, but I would like to try my best to kind of blend into the shadows as best as I am capable. That's fine. Yeah. You, um, as long as you, I mean, from light to light, you get momentarily lit up. Uh, again, you only have a level one, but as you, as you move into shadowy places, a lot of people see just Ashenbrenner walking by himself. And then all of a sudden you appear in a streetlight for a moment underneath a, you know, a gas light. And then he goes out. So like every 40 feet, there's a gaslight uh, lamp uh, or something off of a building giving off some illumination. You're seen for like three or four of those feet. And then the rest of the time, it appears that Ashenbrenner's mumbling to himself. Okay, great. Yep. Excellent. So you start going down Longborough Street and you make you get to the second street down from where Vince was. And as you were leaving, you know, the, the laughter of, the, of the, the, the unfortunates and the ladies around and people walking and sailors coming out of you know, really, really sleazy joints and pubs, hostels, laundry, laundries that are working overnight. You have uh, some of the Chinese laundries and other laundry mats uh, that did uh, washing for the, the richer people. They set up these large vats, you know, vats and just basically had the family who's working 24 seven, you know, I sleep, you work, you, you sleep, I work. And they just, you know, that's how they were trying to get out of poverty. These, these really terrible, terrible working conditions with the harsh soaps and everything. So the sights, the smells, the laughter starts to fade away a little bit. So Longborough does does descend down a hill. And as you get, you know, as you're moving your way down the hill, Ashton Brenner's looking out for signs and sigils. And it starts to become apparent that, you you know, there's not a lot of people on this particular road. Hmm. And you're walking and you're walking and walking and you don't reach that third left or right you're just walking and the fog is thick and then you start to hear singing softly off in the distance you begin to hear someone singing 
That's no good. Do I hear this as well, or just Ashley yep. Brenner hears it? Nope. The singing is just the softest, most angelic voice either of you have ever heard. Just coming from the, the mouth of a child, probably someone who sang in like the Tabernacle Choir. Um, you know, just this magnificent so- soprano one lilting through the fog. And as you look, the street goes back about 50 feet up, you know, back towards where you descended. And ahead of you, you can only see maybe 40 or 50 feet. It's like you're in a pocket of fog. And it's, you know, it's rolling near your feet. Things are, but you just can't make out any images too far beyond in either direction. And this lilting voice is just, oh, it's just singing. So not, not language, just kind of uh, vocalization. So for now, what you're hearing is vocalization. Okay. Um, I would like to look around uh, and see if there's, if I can spot anybody maybe trying to be sneaksy. All right, go ahead and make me his perception roll. If you're looking for sneaky, you can use um, perception and you can use either streetwise or subterfuge. Oh, good. I'll do the same thing because this is is, like, are the flags red yet? I mean, I'm noticing like things are disappearing. Okay. All right. So I'll do subterfuge and perception as well. That's Mm -hmm. seven. Let's see how that goes. I have six between the two of them. Nice. So wait, so should I actually roll five and just have the two successes? So you always start with two successes, Paul, with, uh, okay. with perception too. Perfect. Okay, so I'll only roll five. Uh, I was going to say, it doesn't matter if I have six or a million. If I only get two successes, it's... Oh, and one crit fail, so one success, I guess. Crit fail is worth two. Okay, so you so actually... Zero. You netted zero. So you're literally, Doctor, you're watching Brenner's ears per- perk up, you know, that kind of thing, I guess. And Brenner, what was your total? I got six successes. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I'm still, I'm still new to this whole supernatural business. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Brenner, you see someone on the upper side. So, uh, you know, the way you were heading down behind you, you've turned, you've looked both ways. Coming down the street, again, down as in towards you. Uh, from the higher advantage point through the fog, you see two figures just slowly walking and they start to coalesce out of the fog about 40 feet away. One is a man and one is a woman. And they're just staring at you right now. Okay. And uh, they're too far away to notice uh, whether or not they are uh, undead. Can't tell. Can't tell. Okay. And they don't, they don't look like anybody I've met. No. Okay. And the singing is still going on. Uh, they are not the same. The, the, the source of the song. They're not the source of the song. Okay. Um, are they doing anything with their hands that might be, I don't know, magical? Not at the moment. Their hands are down at their side, but they appear not to be afraid. Like they're standing there looking at you like, yep. Oh, I mean, we're not doing anything overtly menacing. We're just having an evening gambole at, mm. at two o'clock in the morning on a deserted <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, around symbols that Tevi told the team he was going to put up to protect his people. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe it might have sensed off that there's a vampire in the area. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> okay. So right now you have two mages just staring at you. Okay. Yeah. Staring specifically at Ashenbrenner, or I just don't notice because I completely whiffed on my... No, I mean, when once they coalesce out of the fog, you notice that there's nobody else here. It has to be the two of you. Okay. Awesome. Well, I didn't know if they saw through my uh, obfuscate or not. 
Well, Paul, I mean, uh, Mike, I'm sorry. So Dr. Jackal is is somewhat obfuscated, but you're in the presence of a, this. Let's put it this way. It appears they know he's not alone. They may not be making direct eye contact with you, but they're looking at the two of you because you were standing by his side. Yeah. And, you know, it, it seems that they have your measure. Okay. Okay. Oh, goodness me. I'm going to kind of pitch my voice a little low and, you know, smile at them and just kind of wave like, ah, good evening, and then pitch my voice low. Doctor, I may have inadvertently fucked us. Please take my cue. I am following your lead this evening, Ashenbrenner. So I will um, just continue walking and just move to the left of them as if I'm just not engaging. So you're walking back up the hill now, or you're still going in the direction you were going. They came from behind you, so they would have. When you looked back, oh, the gotcha. hill, yeah, yeah. So they they would have been in a position where if you were going to towards Tevi's, you'd be walking east west, right? You, you're going east. They came from behind the west, and they're staring at you from the top of the hill, about forty feet away. Okay, so we're still walking away from them towards. You are, would be walking away from them towards the, yes, towards the edge of the fog. Yeah, unless you were coming back to in, in, like engage them or talk to them. Um, I would not like to talk to them at all because I feel like nothing I say is going to be good. Um, right. So I guess I guess when I look behind them, I'll oh oh there are people. You know, good evening. Just kind of a nod and then a. Mm-hmm. a a, a gallant wave and then turn back around and sure slowly not scared just keep understood walking straight yeah so this is only going to affect asher of the song the song seems as you, as you take these steps away and you kind of yeah just going about our business yeah and you keep walking the the fog is is it doesn't seem to gain or lose any distance it just like it, it seems like you're in a pocket of just <sighs> dense fog and you hear the the song is starting to get a little louder. What is your current humanity? Current humanity. Excellent question. Um, okay. Current humanity. Six. All right. So you need to roll six dice. So okay. what, what this song is doing, it's evoking in you the spirit of God. Oh, wow. It's attempting to make you feel as if God is coming into your life, into your soul, into your heart. The higher you hermit your humanity, the more chances you're going to listen to the song. So having a low humanity here is actually better. Gotcha. It's one of the it's normally humanity is what keeps you from going totally batshit crazy when bad things happen. But in this case, more the more human you are, the more you're touched by this sound. So go ahead and make me a roll on six dice and tell me how many fails. You have. I have uh, two critical fails. So that's four. I do have one critical success and then okay, three so two successes. So, okay. So you only have two fails. Yeah. Because the, the two criticals canceled out. Okay. Uh, well, I'm sorry. One critical, one critical fail canceled out. So. Yeah. So two successes, right. I believe. Two two fails in this case. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, Doctor, you see Ashenbrenner start to back away from you. Like there's something inherently wrong with you. And he starts like just ever so slowly giving that body language of a, like when you, when you come on upon a cat and they arch, they arch a little bit and look at you like, what in the hell were you thinking coming at me like that? You Ashenbrenner seems like he's not recognizing your face. Hmm. 
Uh, Ashenbrenner, is uh, everything quite all right? I thought we were trying to move with some haste. Yeah, so how how is this affecting me? Am I actually forgetting who he is and just seeing a person or am you I... see you see yeah. a, a cancerous soul. You're starting to think that Dr. Jackal is everything that they claim you are. You are seeing into the, the, the soul of a physician who is willing or subconsciously thinks of doing things that aren't really nice and doctor-like. And it's it's amplifying it. So even if he had, you know, I wonder what it'd be like to actually operate on somebody who had nothing wrong with them and see what that looks like inside. You're, it, that, is, that is literally putting the thought in you that he is just dementedly evil. Like he is a killer, gotcha. which to you doesn't make any sense because you're a killer, but it's giving you that fear that you need to be, you know, you're righteous and this is not righteous. Okay. So it's sort of irrational, but I can't yes. fight it because it is, it's irrational. Okay. It's irrational. And and you, the, if you'd had the more successes at, at four, you're fleeing at gotcha. three, you become coma. Like you stand there in, in utter fear. Two is oh, you, you're just like backing away. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm just going to kind of hold up a hand, like, like, wait, um, if I walk to the side, so straight ahead, the singing gets stronger. Behind yes. us, those two people. Um, and they are still the same distance away. Oh, okay. Even though we're... Wa- oh, wonderful. Super duper. Yep. Goddamn fucking mages. So I'm assuming, <laughs> you know... <laughs> fucking mages! I have an idea what's going to happen, but Ashenbrenner doesn't. So I guess if I walk north, uh, nothing's going to change. Like, we're not going to reach the side of the street. No. Oh, cool. Okay. All right, I guess at this point, uh, I'll turn around and kind of slowly walk toward the mages with as much of a smile on my face as I can, even though it might look a little green at this point. So are you responding to my my questioning of uh, what's wrong? Um, Am I able to speak yet? I feel like the equivalent of like my gorge is rising. Yeah, you just, uh, you, to you, they are protection against him that you want your your you seriously think that they're the better option than standing next to dr jackal okay so no yeah i i look the equivalent of of nauseated and i'll mm-hmm. just anytime you talk i'll kind of hold up a hand that's kind of halfway between hold on a moment and stop just stop <laughs> right um i think at this point Besides looking like a hurt puppy that was just kicked, uh, Horatio Mm -hmm. is going to try something. He's going to call out to the the two in the back because he's got some sort of idea as to if vampires are real, maybe magic is too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, So he's he's going to call out to the two in the back because he's the only two that he sees. You you lot back there, are you with uh, the Rabbi Tevi? The singing continues. It doesn't get any louder for you, Doctor. Another mage does step out from... Now you're facing the two on the north, on the hill. Someone begins to coalesce from behind you. And the the woman answers, We are. Well, this is a quite unusual affront that you have taken. Uh, The rabbi knows our business, and we are here on said business. Uh, We are in search of... 
uh, a friend of his that has not changed since my last meeting with the rabbi several nights ago. We have harmed nobody in your ward. Nor will you. Take that, and they point at Ashenbrenner, and she says, and leave. And if you do not, or you attempt to come back to Whitechapel, next time, the song will not be so soft, nor will our manners. Yes, well, I would much appreciate it if you would undo whatever mumbo-jumbo has been done to him. He doesn't even want to talk with me right now. I don't know if I could take him anywhere. It will wear off in a few moments. You've been warned. And they start to step back towards the fog. The one in the front waits an extra few seconds. You hear the singing stop. She steps back because it was a woman and a man at the top. This woman steps back into the fog itself. And Dr. Jackal, the fog at your feet, the natural fog sort of stays. But the two walls that were just swirling around, uh, you know, towards the top of the hill and, and further down the street, pull away almost as if they were vacuumed away as if someone had grabbed the vacuum cleaner and suck all this, this fog and, and this, this thickness out of the air, this dense moisture. And, and Horatio, th- that's what you think. As I, as that's happening, Horatio is going to mumble. Like, you know, you know how sometimes people will say something where it sounds kind of like they're whispering to themselves, but definitely saying it out of volume where others can hear it. Yep. How incredibly rude. <laughs> Asher Brenner, you start to feel yourself. Okay. <clears throat> it's going to take a deep, steadying breath. Doctor, I apologize. I think we should leave this area and then have a very serious discussion. Yes, quite. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, we have much to discuss, and I believe it would be best to discuss it elsewhere. And um, I guess head back. What would be the shortest line to get us technically out of Whitechapel? Uh, if you go back up Longborough, you'll make your way back to towards where the brothel is. And then not far from there, if you, a few blocks is, is about the same distance out where Cush would have dropped you off. So in about 15 minutes, you can make your way out of the district. Okay. Um, let us walk that way then. Sure. So you make the walk, uh, you get, you know, you go back up Longborough and miraculously there's people all over the place, right? Uh, as you make your way up the hill, even coming down the hill, you see, uh, you know, a couple of carts moving around with laundry being collected from houses that leave it out overnight in the richer sections of the city. And then they have to literally on these carts, you know, almost like a rickshaw system, drag it all the way back and then clean it and bring it. So they're already moving around, bringing fresh laundry out for the night. Uh, to people for morning drop-offs. So you, you definitely you hear clopping and clipping and people moving about and the smells are there again. And you make yourself, you get to the edge of the district and you're still walking. I mean, you, you see that you're definitely coming across one of the smaller bridges that leads out of Whitechapel. So as, as we're going and we start getting towards the edge of the district, Ashenbrenner, what in the blue hell was that? <clears throat> That was one of those other things I told you about, Doctor. And from my perspective, I was made unlike myself. And the only thing stopping me from 
leaving sigils of my own carved around Whitechapel is the fact that we have been identified. Yes, well, I did know that they were aware of my face, but that's why I was uh, making my way as quietly as I could through the shadows. I was unaware that you would have been identified. They didn't identify who I am, Doctor. They identified what I am. Ah, I see. Uh, Horatio had not noticed any of the the things because my dice hate me tonight. Um, and, and you had the you had the lovely Stacy to deal with. Yes, uh, Stacy so, Wendy. Yeah. If if you you know at the slightest urging, I can I can point them out. Uh, oh yeah, gone. I can I can mention them and maybe if I uh, if I remember the uh, were they the the same marking between the two windows. Yes. Okay. If I can remember that enough, I'd like to maybe sketch that on the back of the map or something. Oh, here's a. Oh, you're an question. artist. Absolutely. There's nothing on the back of the map, right? Like a <laughs> legend or a hey, by the way, fucking instructions. Since we found the map, let's look at the back. Of yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. yeah, like the Konami code is on the back of the map, and I'm right. just now discovering it. No, 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 nothing like that. You, okay, good. Yeah, I, I'm the map. I'm the map. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I'm Tevi's map. It's not like that at all. No, you are um, of Tevi. Right. Please return to Elijah. Please return to Toriador if found. Yeah. Right. So no, but with the sigils on the wall, Paul, it makes sense now that it would have been a lower wall because that would be one a vampire may use to get in and out of the district. They're basically blocking up and hoping, like like a, a string of bells. Mm. They're just putting out these sigils, and if they get a click, they know where it is. And so each sigil to you is just slightly different, but that's probably a location marker. But okay. the base, the base of it, the main part, you can sketch with no problem. Okay, fantastic. And so, do I get the sense that like that was like a um, a proximity alert? So each oh, yeah. one that I walked by was setting off a switchboard somewhere. Yeah, boom, boom. They're going down. Yep, yeah, they're heading down Longborough. Oh, gotcha. Okay, and they just pinned you in. Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll explain all that to the doctor if I'm, if I'm smart enough to, to, you know, figure this out. Uh, give me an intelligence roll with, again, you don't have a cult, right? So how about, yeah. um, but you have streetwise, yes? I have subterfuge, not streetwise. That's good enough because it's still, it's still doing something as an alarm or an alert or sneaky. Gotcha. So I would let you have both those. Give me, uh, let me, this is putting something together that's more cultish. So let me see if you get three successes. Okay, and should is uh, is Auspex part of this, or is this just subterfuge? No, this is intelligence and, and subterfuge. Okay, cool. All right, so that's still yeah, no Auspex. Okay, here we go. Okay, I have one success. Okay, yeah. So let's put it together that you you think that the symbols had something to do with them being alerted to you, not that it was like a pinpoint of a map on how accurate it was. You think you must've just triggered something or someone saw you. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll try and explain that. Like, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. I think it has something to do with these scratchings, but somehow they, they made us made me and they've probably now made you. So now Tevi knows that I was coming to his house after I told my primogen that I was going to work with him. But oh, I suppose had, they You've had dealings know. with Tevi now. Well, Tevi's had dealings with me. More specifically, Tevi's circumcised cock has had dealings with my affairs, asshole. Tevi is responsible for the meat man, who apparently I didn't burn enough. Hmm. 
well, this is definitely the worst spa day ever. Um, <laughs> let us... Quote. <laughs> Quote of the night so far. Worst spa day ever. <laughs> let us retire to perhaps another district, and we can either, if you are still feeling like recreational activities, I'm sure that we can... Uh, show off our varied skills elsewhere, or we can retire back to my abode and uh, converse over beverages. I shall have some brandy, and I'm sure that in my cold box I have something fresh for you. Doctor, I will be happy to take a backseat to your predilections this evening. I feel that leaving any sort of calling card anonymously is going to be impossible at this point. Oh, yes, we can. Uh, totally agreed. Totally agreed. So I defer to you, and I will, after you know, give an after you gesture. Uh, yes, well, uh, let's go back to the lab, and I'll show you what I've been working on. I know I have definitely more of a varied selection for you to choose from there, and you can see what I've been working on. You've, I've seen what you have been working on. I feel it's only fair to share. Excellent. Lead on, good doctor. Okay, so you'll catch a carriage for that. It's a little bit further away, uh, and we'll we'll go ahead and uh, we'll take a pause here. We'll we'll that was a very interesting situation. I know it messed up some of your plans, but the warning had been there. I know the teams don't always share every little bit, piece of information because unfortunately they get split up in different ways and stuff. But I thought you guys handled it beautifully. Yes, they were definitely they they have been preparing day and night for an incursion of vampires because Tevi's on high alert. Yeah. So it's good to finally up. know what, you know, what the possible warning signs are. So then I Absolutely. can maybe bring that to somebody who knows what's going on and maybe we can circumnavigate it. But yeah. Oh, a Rosmond would be able to just defunct them pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh yes. This is, this is definitely a looping and Rosmond. The next time we see her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sort of occasion now that, okay. Vampires are real and Rosmond probably does more than just read tarot cards. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause now the thing is <laughs> now, cause the thing is before it was kind of like, you can't till can't kill Tevi till later, and it's like okay, cool. But now that it's like, oh man, you really can't kill Tevi. It's like, <clears throat> well, gosh, now the only thing I want to do is fucking kill Tevi. Yeah, it's, it's like telling a kid he can't have ice cream. Yeah, right? it's it's like thinking about it, but you brought it up so exactly. Now he really wants ice cream. Exactly. It's like you shouldn't have even said the word because now it's just what? like, mm, yeah. Now I'm now I'm only hungry for one thing. I want some, I want me a SpongeBob. Yeah. Goody pop. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights. You can like, share, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. To help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind the scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.